Today, we're exploring a real life Renault story about deciding whether or not to do a knockdown rebuild with Helen Al-Harari, a mum of seven children aged between 16 and four, who's in the middle of her third owner builder project. All right, let's get stuck into our chat with Helen. Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of home and property inspiration bringing you clever tips and advice from the very best experts and real-life Renault stories with your host, Joe Violetta. Welcome to the show, Helen. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much for inviting me on, Joe. I'm really happy to be here. I can't wait to get stuck into talking about knockdown rebuilds. Now, Helen, I'm going to share a little bit about you with my audience. Your renovation adventures started 10 years ago when you and your husband had only four munchkins to manage, now have seven. And after learning a ton the first time around, the owner-builder decision became an easy choice for Helen when the family was bursting at the seams again in 2018. Her building process projects combine an emphasis on practicality, meeting her family's specific lifestyle needs with a wish for cost saving, oh, you were speaking my language there, <laughs> and a desire to take ownership of the whole process, including any mistakes along the way. Now, an interesting twist here is that as well as being a mum of seven and undertaking multiple renovation projects, Helen also owns a business. And the business is, now Helen, you might need to help me to make sure that I'm saying this correctly, Haluna Happy Names, is that right? That's absolutely right, yeah. Oh, I got it, first time. Which turns everyday items into cherished gifts through colourful and fun personalised designs that include an option for names and slogans written in Arabic. I haven't seen anything like that before. The, the business really grew out of um, a desire to help my children feel proud of their heritage because my husband is uh, from Syria. Even our youngest children haven't even visited Syria. I'm embarrassed to say their, their spoken Arabic isn't amazing. Uh, mine is probably better than theirs is, to be honest. Um, but all the same, I wanted them and other children like them to feel um, some connection to the Arabic side of their existence, even if they're growing up here in you know, countries like Australia. Helen, what project are you working on at the moment? So we've almost finished, we pretty much have finished the, the major renovations for this year that were affecting our daily life, which was the final first floor extension where we took the remaining piece of ground floor that hadn't been built, been built on, we built on it because we just needed the space. Yeah, we, you know, with the number of children that we have, we had to just, I just said, look, we'll just take the whole lot that's available. We kind of thought maybe we should have done that eight years ago. But uh, in hindsight, I'm actually really glad we didn't because I feel like we've managed the project this time much better and hadn't far better tradies as well partly because of experience and confidence so in some ways I'm glad um that yeah we didn't go the whole way eight years ago so now what we're on to now is the the second stage of this year's Renault's which is a separate development application because it's to do with the garden we're extending the garage rearwards and this is a project that actually we got the original DA for back in 2014 but then life got pretty busy. So it was a kind of follow-up to the previous Renaults and it didn't happen. And then it got to the point where 
we realized we needed to do the first floor renovation. So we got, I was like, okay, I'll get them both through council at the same time, get the construction certificates. Stupid me, because we'd slightly altered that um, garage one, that DA then slipped. So I then had to go through the whole process again. And so that approval didn't come through until we'd already started the first floor. So the final stage now is by extending the garage rearwards, we've created this new room at the back. And as our children are growing, it just gives them a little bit more living space. I'm planning on, it's technically a garden store. Uh, it's not a granny flat um, and we haven't put any kind of plumbing provisions or anything in there yes. because it's close to the boundary. Council, um, if you're listening, it's not a granny flat. Yeah, exactly. yes. Right. <laughs> but we will probably put gym equipment in there. Um, but technically not a habitable area, but yeah, I had to do research uh, in the final approval stages to make sure that the walls, you know, were suitable in terms of fire retardancy and things like that because of connection to the house via an awning at the rear. Uh, so these are all the kind of fun things that you learn as you become the owner builder and you're not leaving those decisions to a third party to, to, to kind of approve everything and, and get it done for you. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're doing at the moment and it involves a bit of complicated stormwater work and ultimately it's gonna be just a bit more landscaping and, and tidying up and we can't get our final occupation certificate and sign off until we've got a new pool fence, which I'm actually really happy about because our old pool fence is really grotty. So that'll be the, the kind of final thing. Once all the filthy work is done, we get a new pool fence and then that's it. So hopefully by the time the pool season is really upon us, we'll be finished for the year. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, it sounds like you're going to have a really wonderful oasis there for your children and especially if your elders turning 16 having that that extra space and that outdoor sort of recreational area will become so valuable you mentioned eight years ago and it was eight years ago that you were thinking about doing the knockdown rebuild yeah. mm. so what made you initially consider that option oh just because of the scale of the renovations you know, we decided at the time when we moved into our house, it had already been built on. We're living in one of those classic 1950s red brick homes. And um, when we moved in, someone had already added an upstairs, but it was just clad in this really flimsy um, vinyl cladding that was really boiling hot. So we had two bedrooms upstairs and we didn't even use the original downstairs bedroom. We, from the beginning, used it as a study. And then there was an original second bedroom, but it was, it's really dark. It's really dark. It's not a beautiful room. So those are the original two bedrooms of the house. So we lived in the two upstairs rooms. They were very hot. Um, and those rooms had been built above a new living room that had been extended. This was probably a 1980s reno that had originally been added on. Um, and so the stairs were in the, the rear living room, and which was a bit random. And so we decided to move the stairs. So once you're moving the stairs and we needed two more bedrooms upstairs um, and extending the rear wall of the kitchen backwards, it's big, you know, it's a big job. We had to get steel beams in, you know, th there was a, a lot of work involved in that project. And so looking at the, the scale of it made me think, you know, perhaps it's better to just, start again um, so I see as as the the advantage of it is is perhaps it's easier you know just to completely start from scratch and possibly also cheaper 
like you may end up building cheaper per square meter if you're not having to adapt to what's pre-existing. I'm not totally sure about that, but I, I, and again, depending on the way you build, but if you were to choose a, um, a kit home or to use, you know, structures like steel frames and prefabricated roof trusses and things, um, yeah, it, it could end up um, a cheaper option as well. So it was definitely worth thinking about from that point of view. Yeah, abs absolutely. Because you you've got to take into account the the current structure of the the home and and the previous renovations from the previous owners. Were they done well? Are their previous renovations going to jeopardise your current re um, renovations? So it certainly is worth considering from a a cost perspective and and just from an e funnily enough an ease perspective. Mm. as well that although you can't live in the home obviously when it's been knocked down and you're waiting for it to yeah. be and, and actually that reno though it was that big because of moving the stairs and because our children were young we had to move out oh so, you did yeah we moved out for six months yeah and, and that was like i really had a deadline because my husband was like i don't want to pay more than six months rent so <laughs> so that was like really pushed it plus actually at the time even though we hadn't known it at the beginning when um, that DA was going in. I then fell pregnant just before we started the work. So I was pregnant as well. So, you know, as we were talking about um, when you're, you start to nest. So I really wanted to be done um, a good couple of months prior to giving birth. So yeah, I was not wasting time. Yeah, before we hit record, Helen and I were talking about extreme cleaning when you're nesting and I told her a story that I'll tell you on the podcast another day about cleaning um, almost my entire house with cotton wool, wool you know, the earbuds that you clean your ears with. Um, so that was one of my extreme nesting <laughs> stories. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because so many people that I speak to on the show tend to renovate their homes when they're pregnant. But it's something to do with pregnancy and renovation or major life changes just seem to go hand in hand. So why did you end up deciding not to go ahead with the knockdown rebuild and, and what did you do instead? Okay, so um, it came down to personal values and taste, I think, more than anything. Um, and yeah, a few different things. So the first thing is just a little bit of background on me. I actually, um, as you may tell from my accent, I grew up in the UK and our own home growing up was this higgledy-piggledy building that actually went back 300 years, some of it. So it was, you know, it was little cottages on the river that had then had a facade put on them on the street and then a little bit at the back. And so the youngest part of the, the house that I grew up in was probably 150 years old, but it did extend back to, you know, probably 300 years old. So... I and then I went on and studied history at university. So I have an appreciation for older things. Let's just put it that way. And now our house, by contrast, is a 1950s home. I know there's a gazillion of them, but there's also even more newer homes here in Australia. And um, so I that yeah, there was just a piece of me that didn't want to just throw the whole thing away, just for historical reasons only. Then looking from a practical perspective, um, you know, some things about our home, I think it's going to depend, like for people considering this decision, you do have to look at what have you got to start with. If it's a, you know, maybe a 1970s fibro home, you know, it doesn't take much with a digger to knock that whole thing over, you know? 
um, and it's expensive to heat and it's expensive to cool and you know it you know the paint peels on the outside so there's maintenance just to preserve how it looks um, whereas ours as a face brick home it's a double brick the original part was double brick so it's it's relatively cool in summer downstairs not in that hot original upstairs section um, and um, you know I sent you a couple of photos that don't necessarily look that appealing, but show my thinking. The brickwork has got these features with curves on the corners. So it's, um, it's kind of imitation, perhaps imitation art deco. I'm not sure. There's a couple of features like on our garage as well. And I just didn't want to chuck that all away because I thought, what am I going to replace it with? You know, just another house that looks like everybody else's that they're building at the moment. So I like to be a little bit different and I'm a, big lover of color that comes through in my business as well my designs are all very color colorful um and yeah so i i was adamant that we weren't going to render and that's why in the end as well like you know which would yeah that's kind of how it came down to it those those two things and and then there's finally there's another practical aspect which is that if you've still got you know a big bulk of existing house it actually limits your choices. And one of the most tiring things about building projects is the number of decisions. And in that way, unless you have already, I think very clearly in your head, what your dream home is and what you want, and perhaps that's based on, you know, an image in your mind of the type of home and the type of layout and, and the geographical aspects. And you find the land that's gonna give you that, then yeah, sure, knock it down, knock down whatever's there. But in our case, it was more like we'd bought this home, we'd started to make memories in that home. You know, we'd already been living in it for five years before we started that big Renault project. Um, it was easier to say, okay, we're gonna move the stairs from there to the hall. That makes more sense. It's gonna be a much more nice entryway and it's gonna mean easier access to the whole of the upstairs because we're now you know, building two bedrooms on the other side of the house. So yeah, in the end, it was that it was also that as a factor. Oh, I think they're really good points. And I, I can definitely relate to those. The decision, decision making is exhausting. Some people love making decisions. I don't like when I got married, uh, the wedding planner, we got married overseas in, in the Philippines, and the wedding planner asked what color colors I wanted. And I said, mm -hmm. I don't care, you pick. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't care. I just want to, I've chosen my husband. That was a big enough decision. You yeah. choose all the other bits and pieces and I'll just turn up and have the wedding. I don't yeah. care what the food is. I don't. So I, okay. Yeah. But some people love making decisions. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. Um, mm -hmm. So I can relate to that, but also the preserving the, the beautiful history of a home. Oh, I can so relate to that. Uh, um, we have a property, it's tenanted at the moment, so we're not living in it. And it's an older house. I think it was built maybe in the 1960s, weatherboard, uh, original floorboards, Tasmanian mm. oak. It's stumped, so it's raised off the ground. It's got extremely high ceilings and it's just like the layout wasn't quite right and we were thinking of knocking it down and I was like I just can't because there's nothing else like this around anymore and yeah. that I can see you know in my local area and I want to keep it and we will sell it one day and then I don't know what will happen but not on my watch 
It's yeah. not it's not getting knocked down on my watch. Exactly. And that's the whole thing with the, the render decision as well. Um, and it's interesting that I made all of those. Um, I was really adamant about not rendering, even though our bricks very very hard to to color match because you know the way that bricks were fired in the 1950s is different from how they're fired today and the texture on the side of the brick is different and because they were fired differently they came out in this range of colors so just naturally from one batch of bricks the colors on our wall you know go from brown to cream really with a fair bit of orange and red mixed in and so i worked extremely hard eight years ago to try to match the bricks and get a blend and I got some help actually from a third party um, uh, and um, and then I kind of refined it again this year and it was still I was still so tense when the brick layers and I was like having to insist on them this is the ratio don't send the bricks up the brick trolley you know with um with them not mixed up sufficiently or it's going to just look off you know so it, it can't be like a perfect sequence because that's going to look just too geometric it's got to look random but it's got to be sufficiently mixed as well uh so i had like this um 14 brick ratio um <laughs> for, i love for, it and they're actually the bricks actually come from two different brick companies as well which someone else might say she's mad you know just render the house but then um literally only about a month ago i came across a consultant i think he may be in melbourne actually who has a website totally focused on preserving the the good features of the the older houses and yeah not just making them all look same same by rendering them and then painting the tiles gray and um you know so that they're you know they don't show their best features as a result you know and in those cases you you may as well knock down and rebuild and then get exactly the layout that you want mm. and the room layout rooms that you want been quite adamant but now uh, interestingly with this garage renovation we have rendered it we've, we've rendered the garage it's finished yesterday with the acrylic coating and i'm very happy and the reason i'm happy with the fact that we did that is because we already have so much variety in our brickwork at the front of the house the garage just had a originally a facade um, to match the original face bricks, but then down the side of the garage was commons. Mm -hmm. And then the 1980s Renaults at the back, they had kind of tried to match with the commons. And you can't match those commons anymore. And I, obviously I wasn't going to be able to match the extension in those commons. And so I thought that it's all so busy already. So we have just rendered it in a nice kind of off-white color and it's just fairly neutral but also bright because I didn't want to block light into the kitchen um, and I'm actually really really happy with the result. Like once oh that's the end yeah. That's good to hear that so it's not not higgledy-piggledy it's still it's yeah, got yeah, yeah. it's just it, I, that would have just been one step too far I think if I you know not rendered the garage <laughs> um, however adamant I was about the front. Now quick side note I don't know if I'll include this in the show. It depends on, on whether or not what the answer is. The consultant in Melbourne, his name isn't Alastair, is it? I think it might be. Do you know him? I've had him on the show. Yes, secret, the secret, secret design, yeah. secret design yeah. studio. Exactly. Yes. Oh, what a small world. I've had him. He's been on the, the Dream Home Movement before and he specialises in those colour palettes and those beautiful mid-century yeah. Um, yeah, bringing 
mid-century homes to life and honouring uh, their original style. Yeah, exactly. So once I came across his, I came across him on a, a blog or, or a, he, I think he'd responded to someone on the house um dot com dot au yes he does yeah he gets yeah. on there and that led yeah. me, led me to one of his blog posts we'll, we'll keep that one in the episode then <laughs> yeah it was yeah, him small was world him. you've had a lot of home renovation experience and major home renovation experience so what would be your three best tips for anyone in think, thinking of embarking on a major home renovation project okay i've got a few tips um and it might end up being more than three that's okay um, and um one of them is to actually seriously consider doing owner builder depending on the type of person that you are um and i'm the tips that i'm going to give are from the perspective of me having been the owner builder um and but i think it probably applies even if you're hiring a builder to do the whole job and manage the whole thing for you and that is to get three quotes for absolutely everything don't slack off on that one at least three quotes for everything. And, um, you know, it's easier these days because there are so many apps and things. Um, like I've, I've really enjoyed being able to use high pages. I don't know how active it is in Melbourne, but in Sydney, there are a lot of tradies connected to that app. Um, and I'm just gonna give you an example. At the start of our project, I got a quote through a contact for the carpentry and demolition work. And it came in at $90,000. And we're like, oof, that's a little bit expensive for our, like as a proportion of the whole budget for the job. And I went to High Pages and I got three more quotes. And one was 22,000, one was 28,000, and one was 35,000. Wow. Def okay. So top tip, get three quotes for every yeah, job. Absolutely. And so I was, you know, I apologize because I built, started to build up a relationship with the 90,000 guy. Uh, and I just had to write and say, look, I'm sorry. It's just, I can't justify it, you know, within, within our budget. And then the second thing is um, a little bit woo woo perhaps. I just say, trust your gut, especially with choosing suppliers and all these other decisions that have to be made because you can research and you can research and you can research, but in the end, you just have to make a decision. Um, and so, yeah, you know, trust your gut <laughs> on that one. And then the final thing is um, to actually do take the time to do the research as well though. So a little bit in contrast, there's a lot to find out. And especially if you're the owner builder, you're responsible for everything and you are responsible for the mistakes. And while you can't necessarily, you're not going to be as knowledgeable as an experienced builder. So lean on other people that are prepared to share information. So I've been helped a lot by a specific owner builder Facebook group. There are some really experienced um, builders and tradies in there who are building their own homes as owner builders. And they're very um, happy to explain things and advise um, as well as the carpenter that I ended up going to, for example, uh, who was one of the middle quotes, he's been fantastic in giving me advice. And even though he's a qualified builder, but I, I hired him just as a carpenter, but just because he's got, again, trust your gut. I was like, yeah, we like this guy. Um, he's been, he's, he's become a friend, you know, he's become, he's such a good um, advisor. If I need any help with anything, I mean, literally this morning I messaged him and said, didn't you say you had a plumber? Because I'm actually looking for a new plumber right now. And so straight away, he sent me his plumber contact. So, uh, yeah, he's been very generous with, with sharing um, recommended tradies and also 
just um, information uh, advice, like, how are you going to do X, you know? And I'd be like, I don't know, you know, what do you think we should do? <laughs> um, and yeah, lean on the people that, that have the knowledge. Oh, I love those tips. So get your three quotes, trust your gut, do your research and lean on the people that have the knowledge. Yeah. Excellent tips. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, you're you're on Instagram, so people can find you there at Haluna Happy Names. I'll pop links to all of this in the show notes. So if you're driving or you're running or or you're in the middle of a construction project, you don't need to take notes. I'll pop all all this information in the show notes. And also, speaking of construction... Your website is under constru- a different type of construction, <laughs> under construction. Yes. Um, yes. But pe- so if people are listening in the future, uh, it will probably already be there. But if you're listening in real time, you can um, still go over to halunahappynames.com and you can sign up for news and um, you'll get information about when the when new stuff is the full shop is launching and get some personalized gifting ideas as well Uh, we have a lot of tradies listening to the show so if you are a tradie or you know a tradie uh, there's an excellent gift that you can get from helen's store and it is a world's best trainee tradie mug there's a series of personalized thank you mugs um, and they're currently available in helen's etsy store and for listeners of the dream home movement you will get a discount a 15 percent discount you just need to put in the code dream home 15 and that code will be valid until december 15th 2020 and i will pop a link to the etsy store in the show notes but if you just basically go to etsy.com and look up haluna happy names you'll find the store there thank you so much for offering a discount to our listeners that's very kind of you you're welcome you know to be honest um i designed the first one on a whim you know i mentioned that carpenter that i i am so super grateful to and um you know they were getting to the the end of the bulk of the um, structural work. Oh, and they did the fit out as well for the first floor. And I was like, you know, we, we don't um, drink alcohol, so I can't get them, you know, a bottle of whiskey or a case of beer. Um, it's just, and then you go searching for tradie gift and you get all of this stuff that is great between blokes or from a girlfriend to a boyfriend. But for me as a female, you know, mum, you know, employing as the owner builder, employing these people, they weren't really appropriate gifts. <laughs> and so I just thought, look, I'm just going to do one myself. So I designed the carpenter mug first and their whole team was amazing. So I actually made several mugs for them. And so that's how that started. And then I was like, you know what, I could just do this for, for some of the others as well. Um, so yeah, the, um, the designs that are available currently and it's it's just continuing to grow is uh, carpenter and sparky and bricky and plasterer and renderer and roof tiler so they're all uh, tradies that i'm extremely grateful to and so that's why i've just literally in about the last week or so i've actually got them all up into the etsy shop and then uh, i'm hoping to keep adding to the design so perhaps by the time this web this um podcast plays there'll be a couple more up there already and then more on the way well if you want to say thank you to a tradie in a g-rated fashion 
I would say that would be the best way to go about it. Grab yourself a world's best tradie mug. Well, Helen, thank you so much for going, coming on the show. It was an absolute delight speaking with you. And I'm just blown away by your renovation experience. experience. I can't wait to see some photos. I'm putting you on the spot here of the completed renovation. I'd yeah. love to see the outdoor area. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And also once the front is actually properly, you know, there's not a skip in the front garden and the, you know, the grass is relayed and stuff. I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see it. Thanks again, Helen. No problem. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home Movement. Be sure to come over and say hi on Facebook and Instagram. I hope that your Dream Home projects are going well and I look forward to chatting with you again next week.